Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And we're coming at you hot. Well, one of us is. <laughs> one of us has had a half a bottle of wine and is still wearing a blazer at 10 p.m. And one of us is not. And you get to decide who it is. There's absolutely no way that you will ever know. <laughs> You'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> I can't call out my blazer like that. It just doesn't seem comfortable at 10 o'clock at night. I haven't had time to change. Okay. It's a sweater blazer. That makes it better. See? So stretchy. So stretchy. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Kiersey, what are we here to talk about tonight? (laughs) So, we are here to talk about a film that is quite befitting of the energy that we are both bringing to this recording, I would say. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And that is the 1997 version? Adaptation. Yeah. That's the word. Of the Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. Recently released on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Very recently. Very timely. Very relevant. Before we dive too deep into that, do you have a core core? I do have a core core. Yay! I love a core core. It's a core core that I meant to share last week, but it's okay. Okay. Because it's still going to be relevant. Yes. Because we're on time. Um, my core core is two parts, and both parts are about duchesses. Ooh. <laughs> the first part is the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry tell-all coming to TV near you. Kelsey has talked about this so much in the last two weeks. Like, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> this There's is what she's a lot of living right for right now. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. And I decided, I told Kirstie earlier, but I decided because the insurrection ruined my plans to celebrate Megxit Day, I'm celebrating that day. Yes. So, Belated if you're listening Megxit. when this comes out, it should be airing, like, that weekend. So tune in for Hot Megxit News. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> um, and then my other piece of Duchess-related content is that there's a podcast called Duchess the Podcast. <laughs> and it is about this older Duchess lady. She's got to be like 50s, 60s. Oh, you did tell me about this. And she goes and visits her other friend, Duchess ladies, and they talk about the... Trials and tribulations of keeping their large stately houses running. And it's like a COVID special of some sort. I think she's trying to make money off of it. They're trying to do some PR. It's it's like a to the chateau, except like the chateau isn't totally ruined. Yeah. And then they all talk about how like it's so expensive to keep their manor houses running and being Wait, a woman watched... in heritage is so tough. Oh. <laughs> we watched another show along these lines, except it was, like, old men. Do you remember this? We talked about it on the podcast. It was, um, I'm not going to remember was the name. Was it the gardening one? No, 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 no. It was about people who own manor houses and how they essentially, like, afford to keep them. 
And we watched I did like not watch this with you. You did. We talked we have a podcast episode about it. All right, Um, I believe you. It was on some British channel. I think it was during our Brit um Cottage Life UK series Mm -hmm. back in the day. We Um, did some I think like homework ones though. Mm, like BYOBs. I, I think you watched at least one episode of this. Um, but like I would one like episode, to. <laughs> <laughs> one episode was about this like man who did weddings, and one episode was about um, uh, some guy who does like B and B weekends. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and they were all they all had different businesses out of their manor houses. <laughs> yeah, that's like. The but this is of like this the, one too. the Duchess equivalent. Yeah, yeah. And they all like talk about how they're just custodians of the houses and like what makes a nice English garden and tourism. <laughs> I mean, it's that's just amazing. It's incredible. I highly recommend. That's my core four. Um, What's your core four besides being delivered a <laughs> drink and or water by your husband? I just had a seltzer delivered by... Okay. Yes, it's a seltzer. Um, was it the house doctor? No, it wasn't house doctor. Um, do we want to use this time to address the Sam Hewen news cycle briefly <laughs> so that we don't have to address it again? Yeah, it's a real hard bummer. So, big bummer. There was a podcast episode by an Olympic fencer whose name I'm going to look up once again. Monica something. And she has a podcast on Spotify that is a fencing pun, which I will also have to look up. On the fence. On the fence. There we go. And she had an episode today um, called The King of Gaslighting. About how Sam, or I guess it came out yesterday. It doesn't matter. It'll be old by the time you're hearing this episode. Anyway, it was about how Sam Hewen is like a really shitty boyfriend <laughs> and like shitty dater. Like, a, not even a boyfriend, just like a potential. <laughs> yeah, he's a fuck boy. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Um, and we are bringing it up because we talk about Sam Hewen a lot and we think it's for, worth acknowledging that like he probably is a dumb fuck boy. And what she's saying is probably true. Yeah, the whole thing's, like, fraught. (laughs) The whole thing is deeply fraught and a real big bummer. Yeah. And uh, that's where we fall on it. The hate watch stances, we hope that he learns from his lessons. Yes. And we we can all feel comfortable about (laughs) still appreciating his body. We hope this is an opportunity to learn and grow as, as white people are enjoying talking about these days. Yeah. And we hope that we can just continue objectifying his body and appreciating him as an actor with no personal life. Which I think, in fairness, has been our stance all along. That's our stance on everyone, for the most part. (laughs) On all things. You can assume anything we're talking about we have no personal investment in. Unless we say otherwise. Sure. How about that? Sure. That's my core core. That was a depressing core core, but an important yeah, that's why we one. moved through it quickly. <laughs> it's important to recognize that he sucks and that people suck and that we know it. And now here we are. And also the fandom is toxic. Mm. 
Yeah, the Outlander fandom is real, real busted. Yeah, if you want to hear some wild stuff, that was actually the most wild thing in that, that podcast. That was the most compelling thing, because the thing about that podcast episode is that it's not surprising that he's a shitty man using his fame to, like, ghost women in a gross way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always jarring to hear how fandoms ruin real-life human beings who are just, like, out there trying to live... Yeah, none of this happens in the silo. No. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, now on to something entirely different. Let's go back to 1997. Let's go back to 1997. But it was your first time watching it in the year of our Lord 2021. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, but I had never seen this version of it. I've also never seen... There was, like, an original movie yeah. of it, right? I've never seen that one either. That's the, only, the one I grew up on. The only version of this stage play I've ever seen, which I think I've talked about on the show before, is for some reason in the 90s, my mom had a VHS recording of a college theater production of this play. So I had seen that, like, a million times. I was glad you had that frame of reference, at least, because it would hit you in a place if you hadn't seen any of it, because it just slaps. It slaps! <laughs> I don't think you'd be ready, like, seeing that for the first time as at 30 years old, like, what would you do? I, so, I don't think, I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I would have been ready for it, because it does fucking slap. It slaps so hard. I need, um, I don't know any of the titles of the songs, hold on. Uh, so there's um i'm pulling up the names of all the songs because i don't know them mm-hmm. okay so in my own little corner is the one i remember the most yeah from that version and that one slaps as much as i remembered And I definitely would not have been ready for how much that slaps. Mm. But that said, there are several other songs on here that I only vaguely remembered or didn't remember at all. So Mm. it was a tiny bit in that respect, like getting to experience it for the first time all over again. Wow. Have they been in your head like for a week now? Because they have for me. Oh, yeah. In my own little corner is never going away. That's just going to stay on loop in my brain. It's my, my brain <laughs> is just a big boggy marsh of like ABBA songs uh-huh. and Fire Saga songs. Yep. And <laughs> in my own little corner. <laughs> it's not a bad mix. <laughs> it's all vibes all the time. The thing that hit me right from the get go when we, when I started watching this though, with 20 years gap since I'd probably seen it last was like the soft rock mix on all these songs yeah. because I did not even register that at 10 years old. Yep. Yeah. Definitely some like trend music. Going Every on. single track sounds like it was like recorded with the presets on an electric keyboard. Yep. And it's incredible. It is such a, such a just artifact of its time. <laughs> the thing that not a single human being on this earth prepared me for was um, 
mm, the aesthetics. Yeah. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, was the set design, was the costume design, no, was the choreography, was the special effects, but no, baby, it's that whole like stylistic package. <laughs> Her house is like a fever dream from one of the Zillow uh, like Instagram yes, accounts. Zillow gone wild. Mm-hmm. And the aesthetic when I saw it, like it never rattled me because I was used to the '60s version, and that one was like legitimately a stage play on TV with very similar set pieces. And I feel like, like in the '90s, late '90s, like you could make a movie that. <laughs> did not look like this and they chose to do this on purpose like this was all <laughs> this was like they woke up that morning and chose violence yeah they did <laughs> <laughs> there's elements of it where there's like little like stage exits and it's like you don't need this you're a movie but they have it because that's what they wanted to do it's just it's wild it's I so wild the entire time i could not track like um when they were trying to be a stage performance and when they were trying to be a movie that can use special effects, like, it, it honestly felt like, as you're saying, like, a moment-by-moment decision in their hearts. Like, <laughs> in this scene, we are, like, invoking the theater. Yeah. And in this scene, the fairy godmother sparkles are spiral-shaped. Also, like, straight out of clip art. Like, why? It's so good. <laughs> why? It's just incredible. Um, I also really liked the very obvious, like, L.A. scenery in the background that they didn't try to hide for one second. <laughs> Not even close. Also, you could see all the walls of the soundstage. Yep. Yep. That was, like, the smallest fucking soundstage they could find on the face of the earth. Yep. And instead of, like, I mean, there are plenty of movies filmed on sound stages where, like, if we're being honest with ourselves, you can tell, but they at least, like, try. Mm-hmm. No, they don't try. But this one was, like, what if we pan out all the way so you can see the top of the set? Yeah. <laughs> How about if we try that? <laughs> what if we use the sound stage to be an outdoor place where the horse carriages come and also, we're inside. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it honestly feels like, I would have to go back, but it feels like they literally made this shot for shot from the 60s version. I'm sure that's what they were going for. I'm sure it was. But, okay, so I'm looking at, like, Google Images now. And I think the 60s version, honestly, was less trippy than this version. Because it wasn't the 90s. <laughs> Are you saying that the 90s was less trippy than the 60s? Or more trippy than the 60s? Yeah, because this was made for, like, broadcast TV in the 60s. Okay. Fair enough. A conservative audience. This sure. wasn't, like... Yeah, this is different. This is very different. This is very different. <laughs> This was like Whitney Houston came to Disney and was like, let's do this. The cast on this film, you want to talk about what slaps. Yeah. Like, they got fucking everybody in this one. They got everybody, and then they put a lot of eggs into the basket of 
the rising star of the prince who never did anything after Cinderella. I just pulled up his IMDb. He's actually still working. But, like, barely. He's done, like, seven things. He was very busy in 2015. And Mm -hmm. by that, I mean he did three things. Mm. And they were all single episodes of television. Yeah, so, like... That was that was a miss. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> he tried. He tried. He tried. I did look up his height the other day, and I've since forgotten. So we're gonna relive this while Kirstie's doing that. We will address the feat that is Victor Garber and like his <gasps> anti aging routine. Oh my god! I said this to Kelsey already, but no human being on Earth has the range. <laughs> it's true. Like that was dude. he not Prince Charles in a movie we watched for like he was okay. Great. Um, please hold. I'll pull up his IMDb in a minute as well. I mean, he's done everything. He's done literally everything. everything. Like I feel he uh, the former prince was six one. It's six okay. one. Okay, so he's a tall man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll give it to him. He's also an attractive man. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he registered on my hot meter so much. No, but anyway. Use that data how you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, he so Victor Garber like has done like like blue filter drama shit. Yeah, lots of it. Um, I'm on his IMDb now. I don't recognize any of the shit. He was on Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash. He was on Shit's Creek. Like he was he's on a been on a bunch everything. of superhero shit. He was on Modern Family. Yeah. Um, he's been in a thousand and a half movies. Is um, he, like, who we categorize as a character actor? Because I think he is. Is he? It Well, I guess. I feel like he is. I feel like he's a character actor, but the, but it, I feel like character actors are generally more, like, like pigeonholed by genre. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's maybe a character actor who transcends genre. Maybe. I think that's true. He is the character. <laughs> he is the character. <laughs> he was on Glee. He was on everything. Every damn thing, Kirstie. He was on Ugly Betty. He's done a lot of superhero shit. He was on Alias. He was on Will and Grace. <laughs> he was in Tuck Everlasting. Did you sign up to listen to this podcast to hear Kirstie Reed? <laughs> Victor Garber's IMDb. It's the shock in my voice. Oh, shit. I forgot he was in Legally Blonde. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a good role, too. Anyway, I was I didn't know he was in this movie, and I was honestly not expecting him to be there. And he showed up, and I was like, you're here. You're here. <laughs> On the flip side, we had Jason Alexander... Who I've decided is the Josh Gad of that generation. Yes. And that's not a compliment. A thousand percent. That I oh my god. I was trying to think of how you sum that part up. And that is exactly what it, it was. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. Um He does do a very good job with the bit about how long their names are though. Yes. And he I mean he does a good job in that whole like dancing scene. Yeah. At the beginning. Yes. They throw the yeah. styrofoam cake around, and it's quite comedic. It is comedic. 
so cinematic. I texted Kelsey in the middle of that scene, and I was like, they just don't make them like that anymore. They don't. They really don't. You wouldn't get that shit past an exec no. these days. Are you ready for the, the, like, one take I had? Yes. So ready. Okay. Um. The evil stepmother. Yeah. Played by Bernadette Peters. Uh, who and I her two, her two, two children. Yeah. Is this text the original inspiration for the Featheringtons? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I had the same thought. <laughs> like, big Featherington energy. Big Bridgerton energy, like, all around. But yeah. Huge Featherington energy. I did have the thought that, like, they that characterization walked so that they could fly. The aesthetic is there, yep. like it's uncanny. And like the whole um like posturing of the mother being sort of like cunning and competent and the two daughters yep. just being like flailing and useless. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who we have to call it Netflix, but I think this is copyright infringement. I, I agree. <laughs> Either that or it's like genre tropes. In which case, ouch. <laughs> it's more than that. The aesthetic is too real. It's Because uh, it's like the tacky colors and like... Yeah. Yeah, that's so And then fair. they're like indoor-outdoor ballroom. <laughs> we saw that. Yep. Leading right out into the garden. We saw yep. that. I'm just saying, someone at Bridgerton spent a lot of time with Cinderella from 1997. <laughs> I feel like the year that everybody got really excited about camp because of the Met Gala theme, uh -huh. there should have been more conversation about this movie. Uh, agreed. Because the, the thing that really did it for me is in the scene where the prince is going around trying on the glass slipper, and he's tried it on, on all of the... Featherington daughters, we'll just yeah. say. And he's about to leave and he's like, do you have any other women there? And they like flounce over to the door and they're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> As they're covering the door that Cinderella is behind. It's so funny! <laughs> it's so good. And it's just pure camp. Like, if there are any straights out there who still have questions about camp, yeah, this is a decent starting point. This is it. <laughs> if you can make it through that long shoe-fitting scene, because it's gross. A lot of shoe-fitting. A lot of feet. There was a BuzzFeed article a year or two ago where they, like, attempted to make a glass slipper for a writer, and it was... <laughs> I was having flashbacks to that through that entire sequence, because oh, it was no. gross. <laughs> it's really gross. And I hadn't thought about it until this BuzzFeed article. But, like, the idea of, like, putting your foot inside of glass is, like, Ugh. really gross. Like, think of how... It'd be like... Remember jelly shoes? <laughs> no. It'd be like jelly shoes, but if they were rigid. It's, like, the worst possible feeling. <laughs> like, sensory overload right there. Truly. Yeah. Um... Yeah. He was in Titanic. Everything, Kirstie. <laughs> Just assume. 
<laughs> Every single thing you watch, Victor Garber has been there. In. <laughs> oh my god. He's six foot. I didn't even Google for that. Wikipedia just told me. They know you so well. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah. I mean, this was a great nostalgic experience. I feel like basically we're just here to say, like, why aren't you watching it? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? I do know Pop Culture Happy Hour is going to cover this, and uh, I think we're in, like, a race against time to beat them to this. Oh, shit. So, we'll see. They'll probably have more insights about it. We're not here for insights, we're just here for takes. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Um, I'm in the IMGB goofs section. Sure. And, um... They're all pretty weak, which tells me that this movie fucking slaps. Like, that's some good production there. Yeah. Um, One of them is that in one of the scenes where they're trying on feet on people, Mm -hmm. they use... They're trying feet on people? uh, (laughs) Trying shoes on people's feet. Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Whatever. Um, There is what appears to be a man's foot. Yeah, I think I heard that, actually. One might argue that that was less of a continuity error and more <laughs> of a production choice. <laughs> Probably, though. Yeah. 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 Um, if you want to just channel the good, good vibes, we recommend. This is really just about the vibes. This is, I don't know how many people out there besides Kelsey and I do this, but if you are ever in search of a good movie to watch with a group of people in a live chat, yeah, like if you and your friends are trying to hang out virtually but have run out of ideas for things to do virtually, mm-hmm. just sync this movie with a live chat. Yeah. That would be lit. It also is the gift of being under 90 minutes long. That was the greatest gift of all. Of all time. Of all time. And honestly, it could have been shorter. It honestly could have been. There's a <laughs> lot. The The whole segment at the ball... Takes forever? Goes on a really long time. And I'm not clear how or why, even. For, like, a story that everyone knows, you don't need to do that much actual work (laughs) no because i don't think like the they don't convincingly fall in love with or without the stuff at the ball right i also didn't totally understand the stuff with him escaping to the market and meeting her because they don't reference it when she's at the ball like he doesn't recognize her (laughs) that's my favorite game of every cinderella it's like (laughs) we couldn't possibly recognize you (laughs) These people who have the same faces. There's a What We Do in the Shadows reference that you won't get, Kirstie, but maybe someone else will, which is that there's a vampire and he goes undercover as a bartender, a human bartender, and his disguise is that he puts a toothpick in his mouth. (laughs) And there's a bit where no one recognizes him because he has the toothpick. And that's what this feels like. That's exactly what it's like. But then, so they like 
meet at the market and then stuff happens and they go to the ball and they meet and stuff happens and then they go to the shoe fitting and stuff happens and then like he runs outside and she's outside in her peasant clothes and he recognizes her from the market but there's never a point at which no. we seem to like <laughs> no, come full circle there <laughs> yeah like and like no one seems concerned about it either no his mom's just happy that he's getting married at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be concerned about it if it meant that, like, I got to marry the prince. <laughs> so. It's fine. It's fine. It's sure. fine. It's all fine. Sure. sure. Well, if you want to talk to us about Cinderella or leave us a five-star review about how tall Victor Garber's height aura is he has tall man energy for sure yeah it's like the height of his accomplishments <laughs> just stacks up <laughs> the height of his imdb credits <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um yeah you can do that on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening uh, but you can tweet us at hate watch with us you can send us an email to hate watch with us at gmail.com you can click the connect not connect contact button. Don't connect with us. This is not LinkedIn. <laughs> Let's Don't not do that. <laughs> contact us at hatewatchthis.com. But or don't, don't. You dare connect. <laughs> and that's my I, job. There was, this, <laughs> there was this astrology thing going around that was like. One of those charts where, like, one of the axes is, like, half of a sentence and the other axes is the other half of a sentence. And you had to, like, do it for your sun sign and moon sign. And I I have a very loose understanding of astrology, but I know what my signs are, so I can at least play the game when the charts go around. Yeah. (laughs) And mine was, like, my sun sign was, like, why would you love me? And my rising sign was, like... Don't ignore me or please talk to me or something. <laughs> and then my moon, si- my moon sign was like, please don't love me. And I was like, okay, but I think that's what you just threw out as podcast energy. <laughs> when you like had your Freudian slip where you said don't connect with us. <laughs> connect is not the name of the button. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so good um we're also members of the thought bubble audio network and shockingly they do want you to connect with them so you can find them over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com um at thoughtbubblefm on twitter and if you search for them on patreon you'll find them there too <laughs> yeah um, thanks for listening. We're planning a lot of content for the future that involves trains. So Infrastructure week is coming. It's going to be a month, guys. <laughs> We're steamrolling right on into this. Yeah. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>